Stand Up For The Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up For The Truth, educating, empowering, and connecting Christians to stand on God's Word and truth. A man who won't stand up for his own principles is not really a man at all. Get involved by emailing comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. You can't handle the truth! Now, here's David Fiorazzo. Good morning, friends, brothers and sisters in Christ. Welcome to another edition of Stand Up For The Truth. Thank you so much for praying for us, encouraging us, and uh, we just appreciate it because there's always opposition when you are trying to do work for God, as we're going to talk about a little bit today, and today's guest knows that very well. But uh, continue to pray for whoever's in ministry, whoever's out there on the front lines, because we need it, and those pastors who are speaking the truth really need it as well. Father in heaven, thank you for your protection for your provision. Thank you for the Holy Spirit and just a new day to uh, that you gave us life, Lord, spiritual life, eternal life, those who believe in you and the sacrifice of your son Jesus for our sins, but also just another day of breath in our lungs and beating hearts and hopefully relatively healthy bodies. We know uh, this is just temporary here in this earth and and these frames, (laughs) physical frames, were not meant to last forever, but we're thankful for each day that you have made and rejoice in the opportunity to be salt and light in this culture and country that desperately needs Christian influence, the love of God and the light of Jesus Christ. May we be better at that in our lives, in our sphere of influence. We lift up this hour to you. We thank you that you are the source of truth and we can go to you and approach your throne whenever we have a need. You are such a faithful father. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, today it's going to be hard hearing some of the stuff that's going on in our culture, particularly among young people, what they're being taught and how they're being programmed. And I use that word purposely. Our culture is in a state of chaos from young children being taught they can be whatever gender they choose to adults being too busy or overwhelmed to deal with the onslaught of propaganda against Christians against biblical values and religious freedom. Something's got to give before it's too late. So how about the church in America? Today's guest writes, quote, Truth is critical to a dying patient, and America is gravely ill. All that can save her is all that has ever been able to save her, the blood of Jesus Christ. But when, when will comfortable Christians proclaim this truth to the nation? What will it take for the church to return to its first love? Great question. Today's guest is Linda Harvey. She founded Mission America in 1995. As a former advertising executive, she managed multi-million dollar advertising campaigns. But today, Linda manages a Christian pro-family organization tracking current cultural issues and trends. And she's on the front lines speaking the truth, particularly in her pro-life uh, events, and she's a frequent contributor to conservative news sites such as LifeSite News. She hosts a weekly radio show on Salem Network uh, Station WRFD in Columbus, Ohio, and she's the author of two Christian books, Maybe He's Not Gay, Another View on Homosexuality, as well as Not My Child, Contemporary Paganism, and The New Spirituality. Linda takes plenty of heat from the left, and she not only stands for the truth of Christ through Mission America, but also serves on national pro-family forums and the Ohio pro-family forum. Linda Harvey, welcome back to Stand Up For The Truth. Thank you, David. It's great to be with you today. Yes, thank you for your time and your work. Um, Just want to get any updates on your life. We haven't talked, uh, I think, in about a year, maybe, but what's been happening with your ministry, with Mission America, any recent events? Um, well, it's, you know, you, it's the same the things you deal with a lot, and you do a wonderful job of standing up for the truth, David, so I so much appreciate what you do. Um, you know, it's just the, the battle is heating up, and you can see that, and I've been so busy. I, I cannot think of a time when I've been as busy, and I used to think I was busy, but this fall has been unbelievable. Here in Ohio, there is there are a couple of uh, legislative issues that have come up. And that just comes and goes. So in addition to everything else, you know, that you have to 
we have to step in there and mm-hmm. speak out um, on those things. But yeah, it's uh, it's just the same as always, except accelerating. What is happening to our culture that it's going at such a quick uh, uh, pace where we're seeing things, as you said, deteriorate so quickly? How do you think spiritual warfare plays into this, Linda? Because I know that our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but it often uh, materializes, so to speak, in the physical, natural realm when people come against you and trying to uh, stand for God and His truth. Well, it is definitely a spiritual battle. The, the things I think we're dealing with are a heightened sense of empowerment by all of the left, uh, mm-hmm. but all the sexual anarchy groups, and at the same time, as you said, people are too busy or choose to be too busy to deal with this and to recognize the threat. They just want it to go away or they don't see it as a threat. And they're very people are very deceived. I think uh, Satan will blind people's eyes and and make us go where it's most comfortable. People seek the area that's most comfortable Well, not being confrontational is most comfortable. There are so many days when I wish I had. I, could not fight this battle anymore. And I know there are ways in which I haven't. I haven't done everything. Uh, And none of us can do everything that we should. But I think we each need to do something, and we need to recognize what's going on. Thank you. One more uh, question about just what's happening around us now that maybe our grandparents or great-grandparents would be flipping out over, very confused, I can just imagine. Um, But because they were much more conservative in, in many ways. But as you look over this past year, 2019, and look back, in your view, what do you see as one of the most destructive or dangerous trends maybe to uh, the family, maybe to the moral fabric of America? Well, where do we start? But um, <laughs> the idea that there's, I guess there's two things. The, the idea that anybody, public officials, would endorse uh uh, abortion right up to the point of birth and mm. publicly defend that. And then we have numerous you know, candidates in the Democratic Party that seem to be going along with that as well. Yes. And the other one is the whole drag queen library issue and the transgender um, uh, promotion of, of transgender mutilation mm-hmm. of our minor children. Mm. And that this is something supposedly This is a great medical breakthrough, and all the major children's hospitals are on board with this, and they're giving kids puberty blockers and hormones uh, later and early surgeries. You know, girls are having double mastectomies at age 13 now. Mm. You know, this is – it's like Satan is saying, you know, I want your children, and I'm going to take them in the worst way possible, and I'm going to make you think it's a wonderful, wonderful thing along the way that I'm doing this. That, That's what's going on. Yes, that is absolutely right. It's not just the fact—I mean, we know that the enemy has been after children. If they can get the—if he can get the kids, Satan and his minions, at young ages, you know, that shouldn't surprise anybody. But the fact is that more people are kind of conforming, going along with it. This drag queen agenda, uh, Linda, is something that—it kind of caught me off guard. I consider myself somewhat informed— I knew this was coming. I knew it's part of the LGBTQ and whatever other vowels and consonants come after that. Um, But to to the fact that it's in our public libraries, this is not something that's happening in the darkness of a of a club at midnight or two in the morning. This is in public schools, in public libraries, funded by our tax dollars. Where do you see? Here's one more question before we get to uh, some of your articles. Where do you see the legal battles? Heading as more young boys, for example, are competing and winning in girls' sporting events. Well, one of the things that's happening right now, and praise God for this, is that there are now four or five states that are considering uh, bills that will ban the uh, gender mutilation of children and ban all these treatments. I don't know where they're going to go, but this will be Mm. a huge fight. Mm. Uh, The LGBT community will will fight this with everything they have, and they will line up all their so-called medical experts who are, in my view at this point, witch doctors, saying that this is perfectly fine, and this is the advanced medical protocol to, to, you know, to uh, go along with all of this, you know, which is, we know is just so deceptive. 
And so that's uh, what's where this is going. And so everyone needs to be ready and we need to support and testify. Go down and testify. You can testify in your state legislatures um, on any of these bills. It's easy to do. Uh, it takes some time, but they mm-hmm. accept public testimony. We need pastors to step up and take this public stand. Thank you, Linda. Yes, and I, we can't emphasize that enough. And thank you, in many of your articles in the past years, you have been crying out for pastors and Christians, religious leaders, those who have a voice and a pulpit, to speak on these issues. Let's not be silent any longer. Okay, let's move to our conversation. By the way, we're speaking with Linda Harvey of Mission America, and this is Stand Up For The Truth. If you want to interact with us during the broadcast, text the keyword "Speak Up" to 90100. You can email us anytime, of course, comments at standupforthetruth.com. Public schools and um, your school corruption calendar came out earlier before the school year started. Even I was a bit disgusted and disappointed by the promotion of the perverse as the NEA, the National Education Association agenda, has gone full throttle into the gutter. Linda, let's go to this, and I'm thankful that you put this out in late September. School Corruption and Propaganda Calendar, we'll put this in today's uh, post for the, with the podcast and put it on our website. And you, before you got into the calendar, I thank you for putting it this way because it can be kind of shocking or overwhelming for some people. You said, what can you do, you meaning Christians, you meaning Christian parents, concerned citizens, and then you start with (laughs) remove your children and teach them at home or in Christian schools. Talk about some of your suggestions for what can parents do. Well, that's number one, David. You know, I I know there are parents who don't have access to uh, a good Christian school or can't afford it or believe they can't afford it. Um, and or parents don't agree. Mom thinks that, you know, kids should not be in public schools and dad wants the, the kids to play sports. I mean, you know, we have all kinds of uh, agendas out there. People need to search their hearts and they need to recognize the danger. There is it is nothing like when you went to school. It is accelerated so quickly and it can be so overwhelming. And, and we have many examples of that. But I listed these um, these days and special days and even months where the pro-homosexual, and I just dealt with the homosexuality issue. That's the only one in this school corruption and propaganda calendar. But uh, starting in September and all the way through June Pride every year, many, many public schools will observe these. Yes. So your ch- child is getting deceived all the way uh, along the line. So you need to either remove your kids or then be ready and ready and willing and educated and uh, educate them about the opposite. Give them the truth and contact the school and tell them that you, and in fact, get a, a letter in their file. If you're going to keep your kids in the public school, let them know you do not want them to be exposed to this propaganda and that you object to all of this. And you say uh, you suggest become thoroughly acquainted with the messages surrounding school-sponsored deception. And that's what it is. I like the way you word it. School-sponsored deception, in parentheses, funded by our tax dollars, and equip your children with the facts instead and demand equal time for pro-family, morally sensible messages. Where are those messages? Where do they teach about family, about, about marriage, about abstinence? So many times those messages are buried uh, or they are only implied. And, you know, you have the feminists coming against anything that has to do with the traditional family uh, and and the LGBTQ folks. And so in all this about inclusion, well, guess what's being excluded is the message, any message about the traditional family, Mm -hmm. the benefits of waiting until man, man, woman marriage, authentic marriage for sexuality. All of that is being sublimated to these agendas. And the reason is because people aren't speaking up and saying, wait a minute, this is nonsense. And being, we have brave people, more and more, actually, there are more people that are speaking up lately, but more people need to come to the the foreground and say, I am willing to do this. I'm willing to take the heat because they will call you names. And uh, but I'm going to do my research and I'm going to speak up for the benefit of my child and all these children. You suggest writing a letter to the school um, and to be included in a Christian parents 
uh, in their children's file at the school. Um, first of all, I, I don't think you would have mentioned that or suggested that if you didn't think that would actually help. But one thing, one purpose you're trying to put out here is prohibiting the school from encouraging your child to adopt any non-heterosexual identity at school without your knowledge. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, we know that that is being recommended all over the place, certainly by all the pro-homosexual organizations, but it is becoming a, a standard in many schools around the country and at the state boards of education that in order to be supportive, quote unquote, of these supposedly born this way, LGBTQ uh, children, and of course that's a lie too, there's one lie upon another, uh, the way you are supportive is that if a child is wanting to be known by the opposite gender and go by an opposite gender name and pronouns at school, and that they have not exposed, uh, re- revealed this to their parents, that the, that the school is supposed to line up with the child uh, and support them in this in the school, even if it means keeping it from the parents. This mm. is, this is um, malpractice at the very least, yes. and it really should be criminal. Yes, and this goes into a, a lot of parental consent debates, which we don't have time to get into now. But I want to mention a few things. Just in September alone, there are three events on this propaganda calendar for the school year in public education. In September, mid, mid to late September, there's which just took place recently, Banned Books Week, also Ally Week, sponsored by GLSEN, Gay, Lesbian, Straight Education Network, and in the same week, Bisexual Awareness Day. Linda, go wherever you want here. If you want to touch on all three, go ahead. Well, these are, you know, again, we've passed September. So folks go to our website at missionamerica.com and look at this and be ready for next year and educate yourself. Because Banned Books Week, of course, is the big one uh, that I think is has so many tentacles. You can't even describe the destruction that the libraries, the liberal libraries are doing in allowing the kinds of of material that are in front of our kids mm. all the time now, which is why the drag queen um, story hour events are being welcomed into libraries. Those have been, for the most part, again, you have some people that are exceptions, but for the most part, most librarians, that profession as a whole, is extremely open to all kinds of sexually uh, explicit and graphic and obscene and disturbing material for children in these books, and publishers are publishing them. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, What they do with Banned Books Week is intimidate any parent that might want to object. Then Ally Week is, of course, implying that if you don't go along with your friend or the teacher and become their ally uh, and saying you support them in homosexuality and gender confusion, then you're a mean, horrible bigot. You're ignorant. um, You're stupid. uh, You just don't have the facts. And um, that you are you uh, the the extreme they hint at and sometimes flat out say is that you're causing people to commit suicide. I mean, what mm. what a manipulative strategy yes. that's being used everywhere. Or you're a bully. You're you're creating these situations where people are so discouraged they they are bullied and then they commit suicide. You're the problem if you're not an ally. So that's that's just just to start the school year off. I I want to make sure. Christian parents that are listening right now, especially moms, heard and understood what you just said. If you are not, how did you put it? You're, if if you're not an ally, you're a bully. If you're not an ally, you're a bully. You're the reason that one of your classmates may go off and kill himself or herself. Mm. I mean, that's pressure is, on young is, kids. It, and pressure, and and this is the pressure, of course, being put on parents who don't go along with. Uh, affirming their children in these identities. And the kids know this. I mean, it, part of it is that kids go on the internet and they they know that any angst you may be feeling is always someone else's fault. And so they use that on parents, unfortunately. Now, mm-hmm. there, there are actual bullying situations, and we, but those are not do not have to be dealt with by affirming these harmful behaviors. We're getting through the school Uh, propaganda calendar uh, for the school year. This is uh, David Fiorazzo on Standard for the Truth. We're speaking with Linda Harvey of Mission America. We just mentioned three of these on the calendar that take place in September. 
Then we got to take a break. When we come back, they've now got the whole month of October for LGBTQ History Month. And, of course, part of October is Coming Out Day, encouraging those to come out proudly and loudly and God help us. When we come back, more with Linda Harvey of Mission America. If you want more info on the topics of today's show, then visit StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, back to David Fiorazzo. Our guest today, Linda Harvey of Mission America. You can go to our website, MissionAmerica.com. We are going through the Corruption and Propaganda Calendar, is what it's being called here, which I agree, for the school year. We're in October now when they promote LGBTQ History Month, and uh, then Coming Out Day also is October 11th. Linda, these are just more opportunities to program young children and to promote something as normal that is not normal or not natural. Exactly. In October, with uh, you know, they have this one day, which is the October 11th Coming Out Day, and um, it was such a big deal this year that CNN, I believe it was, had a had a town hall featuring many of the Democratic candidates. Oh, um, no. that's yeah, right. Do you remember that? Yes, yes, were that's they, right. Were on October 11th, you know, because on the LGBT issue, and so you know we are, you know, we're well into the promotion of of so much that's that's so um, so destructive to kids when you take an entire month and teach kids that that certain homosexuals should be held up as heroes. And that's what they're doing in our schools. October is usually, uh, you know, the middle day is October 11th. Then they have LGBTQ history month and you have to teach positive uh, messages about these people like Harvey Milk, people like Matthew Shepard. I don't know if you heard that Matthew Shepard is going to be interred as a hero in the National Cathedral in Washington. Wow. No. That was just out on the news this morning. Um, you know, it, and it's such a lie because that is not the story of what happened with Matthew Shepard. They, the mythology surrounding the homosexuality movement is deep and it's, and, and it's incessant and they will not let go of it even if you to- tell them the truth, which is typical of someone who, you know, the, the whole spiritual deception issue. Mm. But October goes on with, you know, there's International Pronouns Day, there's Spirit Day, where you wear uh, purple shirts to, to, again, to support all of yeah. this. Saw that in the news. And then, yep. And then goes into November, where there's a number of transgender days, uh, transgender awareness. We just came out of that in November, a day of remembrance, where they're implying, again, another piece of mythology, a distortion, that people who are transgender are being murdered, um, you know, right and left all over the country, when if you look at the numbers, are they're not great, and the individual cases are uh, punished, because murder is, guess what, still illegal in this country if they catch the perpetrator, but there are usually many other circumstances surrounding that, like that it might be a um, prostitution situation mm-hmm. where someone angrily, you know, uh, uh, killed someone who was a um, male posing as a female. And when you're in prostitution, you're always going to be facing danger. So they distort all this. This is just one more distortion of the many that our children will get in schools. Kevin Jennings uh, was a big part of Glisten, and, and he founded Glisten, I believe. He was appointed Mm -hmm. by uh, President Barack Obama, I believe, in 2009. He had to resign in 2010, but, boy, the media kept that hush-hush. He was the, quote, safe school czar for the Obama Mm -hmm. administration. When I read what he promoted in public schools, Linda, it it made me sick to my stomach. I mean, recommended reading uh, some of the books and some of the things they were putting out there. It is absolutely disgusting. And uh, we'll put a little info about Kevin Jennings in today's podcast post. Do you want to touch on that, how I'm sure he wasn't the first uh, appointee that was promoting this agenda in the public schools, but he did a lot of damage. In fact, you, you may have recent numbers. The gay-straight alliances in public schools, the, pro, the student-led pro-homosexual clubs, when he got in there, uh, or since 1995, he increased the number of those groups from 50 at the time 
to well over 4,500 and probably more today. Are you aware of the numbers of the GLSEN groups, the Gay Straight Alliances in public schools today? I am not aware, but I know that they are everywhere, Mm -hmm. in middle schools as well as high schools, and uh, it's probably well over that uh, at this point. And the other thing about Kevin Jennings, though, he went – he left GLSEN and then went to, as you said, the Department of Education, where he was the safe schools czar. <laughs> and under the the quote unquote safety um, umbrella, he developed all these pro homosexual um, uh, dear dear colleague letters, letters of basically giving guidelines to schools without having the backup of federal law that has was passed to back that up, which, of course, Barack Obama did that all over the place with the transgender issue and Title IX and all that. This is just one more way in which he did that. And all this stuff went through the bureaucracy and has, has become deeply implanted as part of the deep state, I think, and it's very hard to undo now. There are policies that have been developed in state school departments based on all of that that have nothing to do with actual law. They're just recommendations, but it's all pro-homosexual. But now Kevin Jennings is now with Lambda Legal Defense Fund, Mm -hmm. which is the ACLU um, uh, equivalent aggressive legal counsel for promoting homosexuality and and gender confusion. And he promoted a lot more than that when you're talking about uh, sexual acts, uh, deviant acts, uh, I hate to say it, but they have mm-hmm. a, a, a glisten fisting conference mm-hmm. and kids are being yeah. taught these things. They're handed out you know, condoms and gloves and all kinds of stuff. And my question, Linda, and we need to move on, but uh, my question was, how in the world did such a perverted and dangerous man like Jennings, Kevin Jennings, remain in the Obama administration for two years before he had to resign? Because people don't know the details, and when you tell them the details, it's hard to um, believe. It's hard. It's too hard to believe. They think you must be. You can't be serious. And people, you know, boldness is getting advanced because people will refuse to face the facts. They they think that can't be right. Nobody would support that. This is where the NEA has done so much damage, and the radicals have sort of taken over the NEA. But uh, and they have. They're the largest union in the country, and they have a mass, uh, massive amounts of money to donate to left-wing candidates and causes. So, uh, and, and we can see, again, back to the Democratic candidates, just how radical they are. Well, they're a representation of how radical everything has gotten because people won't stand up and confront this and say, no, we're not doing this to our culture or our children. Mm-hmm. Um, Linda, there's a couple more before we move on. I, I do want to mention your book. I do want to talk about another article, uh, assuming we can squeeze it in. But we can go over this calendar. We will post this in with the podcast today, the School Corruption and Propaganda Calendar. We are close to the time, that just a couple of weeks ago, that they had the Transgender Day of Remembrance. And then coming up in January is No Name Calling Week, and it goes yeah. goes on. Do you want to touch on either one of those? Well, yeah, the, the Transgender Day of Remembrance, as I was mentioning, is all built around the idea that, you know, transgender people are being murdered and there's nothing there. No one's being punished for it. And then there's just massive amounts of people. Um, I, th- I think it's a, a way to in a back doorway kind of promote, which is also coming out, David, let's watch for this one, the legalization of prostitution mm-hmm. and starting with with um under minors being able to prostitute themselves. I mean, I, you can't even believe this is happening, but Teen Vogue recently had a pro-homosexual, pro-prostitution article. Yes. So there's that. And that's connected heavily with, with the transgender um, agenda. And so, but then No Name Calling Week in January was developed again by GLSEN, uh, you know, Kevin Jennings's group. And it's primarily late elementary and middle school, and this tags on to the anti-bullying message um, that you better not call any names to anybody, and you better now they're saying you better call people by their correct pronouns or you are a bully mm. or you, and you're hateful. And so the, the thing that I think is so ironic is that Christians are called every name in the book. Anybody who uh, is conservative or Christian, we are called names all the time. There's not any defense of us, and no one is ever saying, you're causing Christians to go commit suicide, because guess what? We're not. 
because we have, you know, the Holy Spirit in our hearts. But the other reason is because people who are sound of mind, and even if you're being persecuted, you know the Lord is on your side, and yes. that is the, the good news. But but yes, we are being persecuted all over the place, mm-hmm. and that we never get that the benefit of the doubt in the public schools. It's all pro-homosexual. Right, and let's go on record. Of course, both of us would agree that all bullying, true bullying, is wrong and should be prevented, and we should speak out against that. But they consider just believing, having the faith that we do in saying something about Scripture, about sexual immorality, is hateful and bullying. There are going to be uh, some more uh, hate crimes legislation coming down the road. Linda, I want to jump to one thing which confuses me in this day of or this uh, corruption and propaganda calendar. We already talked about the fact that they have a LGBTQ History Month in the public schools. They celebrate that in the month of October. Well, if you go to, where is this, in June of 2020, I'm looking ahead next year, they've got LGBTQ Pride Month. So Pride Month is in June, and History Week, isn't it? Don't they kind of overlap? Uh, yes, the, the Pride Month <laughs> is where they have all the Pride parades, the parades. so many of them. And what happens is these, um, and the reason it gets celebrated in schools, well, it's, you know, just one long, yes, there's a tie between October and this, but the October lessons are in history class. This is throughout the school, uh, often they'll have, you know, posters and calendars with rainbows. The rainbow has been, of course, co-opted by the pro-homosexual people. Mm-hmm. And uh, the what's really dangerous is that more and more minor children are showing up uh, in an organized fashion through these homosexual clubs, gay straight alliances or whatever they're called, at the June and summer pride parades with adult homosexuals and transgenders. So you'll, you'll have, for instance, these um, kids with the, the pride um, banners for their, their uh, school homosexual club marching right alongside the adults, and then they all go off to the local area park or whatever and have celebrations and they're you know they're socializing i mean the whole thing is a setup for wow. um corruption of children in the most uh, personal way recruitment as well yeah. um yeah. you close this at the very end of these calendar this calendar you name off the events and what they're celebrating you say parents you can do this educate yourselves and then your children and be change agents for what is good and right in these schools don't let the LGBTQ bullies win, and you say it's time to overcome evil with good. Of course, you're referencing Romans 12, 21, so thank you for wrapping wrapping it up like that, because a lot of parents, I think, tend to get overwhelmed because there's so much coming at them. Yes, yes. We, we really do have to educate ourselves and then pray about where the Lord would have you, have you um, dive into this. And I think when people see how much is going on in their schools, and then they go on the websites, the school websites, check it out for yourself. Go on the Facebook pages of the homosexual clubs from your, your child's school. That's where you'll find out a lot of information. When you see all this happening, if you feel that conviction in your heart to remove move your child from school, pray about how you can do that. Because, we, you know, you don't get another chance. You don't mm. get a do-over with your kids. It's no. very hard to undo these messages. They don't process them, as people, of course, we know. But I'm just reminding people, they don't process these, this like adults do. They don't have the, the balance of experience and years and other influences. They will trust that these are valid messages uh, oftentimes, even if they're from a Christian home. Linda, you wrote a book, uh, Maybe He's Not gay, um, and it's another... uh, Well, let's just talk about something that I recognize right away. I go to the the book page on Amazon, and as we know, if we've written Christian books and if we speak the truth about these issues, they're going to be, uh, what do you want to call them, spies, uh, minions that'll come in and give you bad reviews and try to keep the ratings of the book down. Well, I see that obviously that's happened to you. It happens to all of us, but... um, what do you want to share about, about your book, and how important was that to get that book out there? Maybe he's not gay. Well, it, this is a book for youth, and what really convicted me was looking around for this kind of a nonfiction, uh, just uh, basically telling the truth about the homosexuality issue without lots and lots of statistics, but some, 
but making the case to kids uh, from late late elementary school could possibly uh, read this, but more like middle school and high school, and knowing that many of the the kids out there are having you know they're seeing peers go into this lifestyle. Perhaps they have a temptation themselves for some reason, um, and knowing that you're the the basic truth that no one is born this way, and there's a, a lot of evidence for that needs to be said to kids over and over and that if you have those feelings you know thousands and thousands of people are former homosexuals uh former transgenders even so you can overcome all of that so you're not stuck in this and there are risks and there's no evidence a lot of what they're saying is deception you need to believe the truth so it was a an attempt to get the truth out there mm-hmm. All right, Linda, um, we are running out of time, and we're not going to get to the other two articles I wanted to. We'll put them in the podcast post today, Top 5 Excuses When Radicals Corrupt Children. There's one that I wanted to mention that that you alluded to this earlier in the first segment. How do you answer the opposition when they claim that what we're doing is hateful and what they're doing, promoting this, giving them days of transgender visibility and and coming out of the closet, what they're doing helps prevent suicides. How do you respond to that? Well, the the problem is, is that when you are down, going down a road that is contrary to how you are designed, you will feel self-destruction. And, you know, people commit suicide who are disturbed, you know, in have a disorder, uh, an emotional disorder. And yes, we should be kind. What you said about bullying is absolutely right. We need to know that no bullying is right, but it's being manipulated to, you know, further this agenda. And people's natural sympathies are being manipulated. We need to know the truth and stand on it while we still stand in love with people. The truth in love is what we do. And that's God's truth. And we need to just continue to stand on that and convey that everywhere where we can. Yes, yes. And and be ready for the guilt trips that people are are throwing at us like uh, t- for parents, do you want a do you want a live son or a dead daughter or mm-hmm. do you want your kids to die? Do you want your kids to commit suicide? Then you've got uh, if you don't you want you have to affirm them. You have to uh, accept this and promote and celebrate this behavior with them. This is really dangerous, but be ready, parents, on how to respond. I just want to quote you and uh, from another article, Linda, and I thank you for your time this morning. In your article called God, Ingratitude, and Sexual Sin, you said sexual sin tends to be the driver of worldview. What I desire comes first, then follows an ideology that permits it. But sexual freedom, in quotes, is only the beginning— Mistreatment of other humans follows quickly with self-destruction right behind. This is a total inversion of a Judeo-Christian ethic where God's revealed truth is paramount and my human preferences are then measured and molded based on my trust in his will. I would just love to get your comment on your own quote in that article to wrap it up for us. Yes, I wrote that because it just seems to me if we look around at what's happening and even many, many non-sexual agenda items of the left, I think so many people um, have gone to the the sympathy for lawlessness uh, on all kinds of issues, our borders, the idea of socialism, you know, just believing a lot of nonsense. But it starts, I think, often with sexual sin and gender identity confusion. That tends to shape people, and then they reject sane values, and of course, that's God's values. So I think that's where we're at, and we need to evaluate this for what it is and see it very clearly. Amen. Thank you. Linda Harvey, MissionAmerica.com. Where can people find out more about you other than your website? Uh, Can you refer us anywhere? Well, I also write for the American Family Association, The Stand, and LifeSiteNews.com. And, of course, then I have a radio show, but the, the link to that is um, on the MissionAmerica.com website. And there are archives. So people can listen. I'm on six days a week. So Thank you. We'll put that in today's podcast post as well. I love AFA, too. They could do some great work at American Family Association. Mm-hmm. They sure do. Linda, thank you so much for your time. God bless you, and uh, have a Merry Christmas season. And God bless you. You are doing wonderful work, David. Thank you so much for all you do for 
this cause and for the kingdom. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon, Linda. Bye-bye. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. A couple more articles to get to when we come back on this same theme. We're going to talk about five myths about gender identity. If you want more info on the topics of today's show, then visit StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, back to David Fiorazzo. We are on the issues that have uh, been plaguing this nation. Uh, sexual, it, it's become a religion, really. Sexual corruption in education and in our culture. And it's, uh, it's the religion of sex. It's nothing new. There's nothing new under the sun. It's been going on since the early days. You can find a lot of stuff in the Old Testament and, it's, and at some points quite graphic. So it's nothing like all of a sudden in America. No, 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 no. It's been around. But we are, I don't know, I, we are backing out of culture generally as Christians. We're allowing a lot of what's happening to just go forward virtually unchecked. But I know there are people speaking out against these. For example, our guest today, Linda Harvey, she definitely is one. A lot of people are on the front lines. You know, uh, Franklin Graham, the American Family Association, um, all kinds of family research council. There's so many, and even uh, there's a remnant of pastors that are speaking out against these things. But uh, I do want to refer you to an article we'll put in the podcast from Linda Harvey that we didn't get a chance to get to, and she says so many good things. Um, she talks about uh, America largely trading our heritage for a bowl of pottage. I wanted to ask her about that quote. I thought it was great. Because you know our heritage is steeped in, in legal and cultural deference to God as creator. And we have gotten so far away from that truth and belief in that truth, let alone promoting that truth, not any longer, that God, in the beginning, God, the first words in Scripture, in Genesis, in the beginning, God, created the heavens and the earth. He pre-existed. And that, it takes faith to believe that. But I'll tell you what, it takes more faith to be an atheist. And it really does, to believe in nothingness and that that created something. But our very foundation is the existence of God, that he created the heavens and the earth. As Jeremiah thirty-two seventeen, I believe, says, you created the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm, and nothing is too difficult for you. So the Creator, right? In Colossians 1, Jesus is seen as the Creator and Sustainer. In Him all things were made, but He sustains all things. He holds all things together. And of course, in Genesis 1 and 2 there, you've got the Holy Spirit working, hovering over the face of the deep, over the waters. So you have a little glimpse of the mystery of the Trinity, in creation. And what we have gotten away from, it, we're taking a cue from Europe. What happens in Europe doesn't stay in Europe or in Canada, our northern uh, progressive neighbors. We've gotten away from God not only created the heavens and the earth, he existed, he created the heavens and the earth, and he created mankind, human beings, male and female. So five myths about gender identity, and that's our foundation, friends, that's our foundation. Those are foundational beliefs, elementary. Uh, Psalm 11.3 says, If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? Mm. Think about the foundations that we've built uh, a nation on, biblical foundations. Um, five myths about gender identity. We are not going to get through this whole thing, but it's one of them is, if the mind is in conflict with the body, the mind is right. No, <laughs> that's a myth. This is the most fundamental belief of the transgender movement. If a person is, a, is biologically male, but that person feels, thinks, or believes he is a woman, then he is female. This is what they teach. And if a biological female believes she's a male, if she's convinced, then she's a male. That's the battle of moral relativism in our culture, where everyone wants to do, be God and, the, and do whatever they feel right is in their own eyes. So why should people believe that? Well, contrary to the claims of transgender activists, this belief is not even scientific. So back up. Since science deals with an examination of the physical world, the rejection of the physical body is anti-scientific, right? 
Now, we're, we're taking God's word for it, those of us who are Christians. We go to the Bible. That is our authority. That is our source. Jesus is the truth. He said God's word is truth. The belief that the mind is right and the body is wrong when they conflict is a philosophical, almost a religious viewpoint. It has nothing to do with science. So let's move on to number two to save some time. Myth number two, gender nonconforming children will always grow up to be transgender adults. Actually, there's a lot of evidence that the vast majority of such children, if left to themselves, eventually accept their biological sex. Understand that. There's been a lot of studies on that research now, finally, that has come out. According to the American Psychiatric Association, anywhere from 70 to 97% of gender nonconforming boys and 50 to 88% of gender nonconforming girls will not become transgender. That's the American Psychiatric Association. Those are some high numbers. But what are we doing? We're accommodating. We are encouraging. Oh, whatever makes you feel good, whatever makes you happy, letting the kids run the household, letting the kids make these huge decisions, because what is it going to lead to? Financial issues, job issues, health issues, physical mutilation if they go for these surgeries. Sexchangeregret.com is another website you might want to check out. Hear the testimony of people like Walt Heyer, H-E-Y-E-R, Sex Change Regret. There are more and more people, more countless coming out and saying we shouldn't have listened to them we shouldn't have done this now i regret it that's why it's the website is sex change regret and you cannot change your sex that's just a phrase that's just what they started in the early days 50 years ago or whatever trying to do the sex change operation you cannot change that you you know that god never changes he created us to be male or female so if they are encouraged by adults to make a social transition and they receive hormones that prevent normal puberty from occurring, they may be locked into a path that leads to great suffering in their lives and then maybe suicide. I'm not being dramatic here. This is what happens. But what do they do? They can't come to terms with the truth and the facts and the science let alone what the Bible teaches, what they do is say, it's your fault, Christian. It's your fault, conservative, that don't believe that I'm whatever gender I say I am. It's your fault. You are driving me to a suicide attempt. So it's, a, it's just lies from the pit of hell. Number three, we are reading uh, five myths about gender identity. Uh, gender transition, hormones and surgery, is medically necessary. Uh, Gender transition is medically necessary. Is it necessary? This is a claim that activists make in order to justify forcing government health programs and private health insurance companies to pay for these expensive procedures. Do you get it now? This part of the plan? Get, Get the government to fund this. This claim has everything to do with money, nothing to do with medicine. The vast majority of people who identify as transgender are physically normal, physically healthy people. Hormones and surgery do not help their bodies work better. They destroy healthy body systems and healthy body parts. The claim is that hormones and surgery are necessary to improve mental health of transgender people, not their physical health, right? Has this been proven? No. No research on this has proven this. Um, In 2016, I know we're running out of time, Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services which uh, oversees two of the largest federal health care programs, refused to order routine coverage for gender reassignment surgery. They said there's not enough high-quality evidence to determine whether gender reassignment surgery improves health outcomes. Number two, overall, the quality and strength of evidence was very low. Number three, uh, the four best studies did not demonstrate clinically significant changes for the better. Out of, out of the best studies, even over in Sweden, <laughs> they showed the following about patients after they had, quote, gender reassignment surgery. God designs and he assigns, all right? We're trying to reassign what God has designed, right? You can't be done. But after they had gender reassignment surgery, they were 
almost three times as likely to have died of any causes, three times as likely to have a psychiatric hospitalization, five times as likely to attempt suicide, 19 times as likely to die by suicide. Number four, uh, myth about gender identity. Gender identity discrimination is a form of sex discrimination. And in the United States, the majority of states have not added, quote, gender identity as protected categories in laws against discrimination, nor has the U.S. Congress. But the, the battle is going to just intensify. We've got to skip to number five now. I'll put this article in today's podcast post entitled, uh, Linda Harvey is our guest, uh, Sexual Corruption in Education and Culture. Number five, the myth, the transgender movement is a progressive movement. Well, this may be surprising uh, to list as a, a myth, but uh, we speak about the LGBT movement, and there are many LG, self-identified lesbians and gays, who are concerned about the T, those who identify as transgender, because the science doesn't back it up. And I think a lot of, you know, maybe honest uh, gays and lesbians are going, ooh, this is, I know, part of the LGBT, but uh, we're, uh, we're kind of losing some credibility here. Anyway, I'll put this article out, uh, Five Myths About Gender Identity. That was from Family Research Council. And when we come back, we'll wrap up today's show. Uh, some exciting guests the rest of the week. We're getting ready to wrap up today's show. Stand Up For The Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com donate. Now, here's David Fiorazzo. Oh, my goodness. I'm so excited about the rest of the week. We've got some awesome guests. Tomorrow, the daughter of Dr. Walter Martin, who is the author of The Kingdom of the Occult, and there's a new revision to that book, I believe. Jill Martin Rishi will be with us. We're going to talk about uh, spiritualism, Satanism, the occult, and its influence not only in culture and public schools, but seeping into the church. And then Thursday, Ryan Morrow is back with us, national security expert with the Clarion Project. We'll uh, post some of his information. And also on Thursday, we're splitting that day up because I wanted to get this author in here because a great book has come out by Gay Francis Willard called Every Knee Shall Bow, a Christmas collection with a picture of Santa Claus bowing the knee before the crib or the, the cradle of baby Jesus. And it's called Every Knee Shall Bow, a Christmas collection. We're going to get it, get it in so we can get that information of the book out before Christmas shopping ideas. And then Todd Nettleton with Voice of the Martyrs on Friday. We're going to catch up on the persecution of Christians around the globe talk about some victories that are happening in restricted nations and some exciting news. Todd always has the most up-to-the-date information, up-to-date information for us on uh, religious freedom battle, the persecution of Christians abroad. So Todd Nettleton on Friday, great week in store. Man, I've been busy just trying to research, prepare for some of these great interviews. So thank you so much for tuning in. We'll speak with you tomorrow. Remember to share our podcast, please. Our Facebook page has been shadow banned for years. We're running out of options, but please share it. You've got to go there to see our content, our new, your news feed, our oftentimes. So check out Stand Up For The Truth on Facebook. God bless you, and keep speaking the truth about things that matter.